0: Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. So Arnie shared with me this week uh, about an open letter that Mike Bickle wrote to the prayer and prophetic movement. I've never seen Mike do anything like this before. Uh, and I, I just feel like I want to read this, share it with you before we go on and share something that happened to me this morning. Um, and I have copies of this so so people can take it. Uh, you can take it with you today. Beloved, we stand at the crossroads of history. I urge you to prayerfully read the entire contents of this letter as I am gripped with a rare urgency in my spirit. Opportunities for revival and spiritual breakthrough exist at almost incomprehensible levels alongside toxic distractions, and soul-numbing passivity. Cultural decay is dragging our young people into gutters of oppression and perversion. War on the saints is escalating as nations heave in the throes of crises, birth pangs, and political correctness. Even so, I am filled with hope. If we lean into Jesus on his terms revival could come more swiftly (laughs) more swiftly than a raging wind-swept grass fire at the height of summer these are truly historic days however to be properly positioned we must take a hard look in the mirror Too much of our inspirational, charismatic rhetoric has become both anemic and insufficient relative to the coming storm. Charismatic conferences have been wonderful and useful for many years, but now risk missing the point entirely if they are not deeply attuned to the whispering voice of the Holy Spirit. When the cloud and fire disrupt camp to move us into new territory, we must follow. I include our own annual gathering one thing in this assessment. Times and seasons change. If we discern the Spirit is leading is leading this, we are compelled to obey, even if it requires disruption. This is why we are announcing a very late critical course correction. We are intentionally scrapping plans as usual. I am convinced that we stand on the precipice of a new era in the prayer prophetic and missions movement. I want to say boldly but tenderly, our house is on fire. I mean our nation, the church, society itself. I am not okay with this, and I certainly do not speak it in a critical or gloating tone. As a shepherd accountable to God, I feel burdened to speak the truth I perceive. So let me be even more plain. For years I have said trouble is coming. I now feel I must say it differently. Trouble is here. This means the days and years ahead will be of a different caliber of difficulty and complexity than anything we've ever known in the past. The new normal will not look like the heyday of the 80s and 90s. It will be more challenging than people expect, but the kingdom opportunities are far beyond what we imagine. Our leadership team is so gripped by this reality That we are literally starting over. With only three months to go before one thing, honestly, this is terrible for marketing. We are reformatting one thing around a simple clarion call to the body of Christ a divine reset is coming. That's awesome. (laughs) I've been praying for a reset. For a long time. (laughs) One facet of our corporate reset is that we will not highlight the roster of speakers and worship teams this year. In the past, we have enthusiastically shared the schedule for our four day gathering, and I am so grateful for the many excellent friends, teachers, and worship leaders who have brought their anointing and deep heart for God to our conference. I need to be very clear on this. Nobody has done anything wrong, yet incrementally I feel we've missed the mark by leaning more on brilliant marquees than on the man with... (laughs) Exactly. The man with the burning eyes. This year we are deliberately returning to the mystery of what if. What if God interrupted our plans? What if the Holy Spirit took over? What if we lavished our affection and attention on Him above all others? What if we became consumed with one thing all over again? We're going to plan around that supreme goal and take our chances. Rather than exalting human personalities and celebrity voices we are deliberately recentering around the consuming reality of Jesus, his agenda for the planet Earth, and his ownership of those four days in December. If we want everything God would give to the human spirit in this hour of history, a short-term conference buzz will no longer suffice. One thing, 2018 will not be a Christian festival designed to razzle-dazzle you. Rather, we are setting aside four days for a sacred assembly to encounter him in new depth. Though we stand on earth, we aspire to join angels around the throne as we enter our 20th year of night and day ministry to the Lord, which, which they have recently. IHOP-KC is in a period of radical realignment. A new thing is coming. I am announcing this by faith. Though we only glimpse it right now, our team wants to begin talking about it publicly in December. We will likely unpack it even more over the next year or two. But the shift begins now. I urge you not to miss the signals that the Holy Spirit is giving the Church in this hour. These are days of high transition. God is speaking, but his whisper demands revelation and unique focus. Voluntarily choose to adjust your life's signal-to-noise ratio. The global prayer movement is entering its next critical phase, going far beyond the theater of an event into the Father's deep desire for the total supremacy of His Son to be known among the nations, and to raise up a close-knit family who deeply value and love one another. If you are moved to join this fresh swell of divine love and strategic insight, we believe this year's gathering is more than an annual conference. It is an essential course correction for the entire prayer movement. I urge believers around the world, but particularly across North America, to join us December 28 to 31 in downtown Kansas City. with urgency, hope, and confidence. Like I said, I have copies of that for people to take home. And this morning, uh, in light of Mike's letter and uh, other voices that, that I'm hearing, uh, speaking of a new time and season that we have entered. We have begun to enter into. Uh, I was asking the Lord, what uh, you know, what what are you saying specifically? What what do we need to Know to to prepare for for what's coming, and I, I really I wasn't hearing anything specifically until uh, I woke up this morning at 3:26, and, and I was pretty wide awake, and I I just felt like I, I really needed to get up and write down 3:26, so I wouldn't forget. The time. So I, I looked at Isaiah three twenty six. I looked at Isaiah thirty two six. I, I looked at a few other passages, and then I went back to bed. <clears throat> Nothing really seemed to make sense. So as I was praying this morning, uh, I felt like the Lord was saying, uh, "Look in the Greek." So in, in the Strong's uh, Concordance, word number 326 is anatzayo, which is the same, it is the word that's used twice in the parable of the prodigal. Speaking of the son who was dead and is now alive. So it's translated to be alive again twice, revive twice. And live again, once. So, the meaning of the word is is to live or revive or be revived. To recover life. To live again. So I I take that as a confirmation from the Lord about what uh, Dutch Sheets has been saying about the turnaround. That is the word in the Greek that would mean both revival and spiritual awakening. Those who don't know Christ, who come to know Christ, they were dead and now they are alive. Ah, so... Let's uh, worship a little more and make our worship intercession. I, I believe uh, <clears throat> what Mike was saying, that, and and this is what I've been seeing for a, a few decades now that the the great. Harvest is, is going to come in the midst of, of great difficulty. And that's that's exactly what Mike is saying, and he's, he's saying <laughs> we're there. We've we've entered into this time. Uh, so I think it requires us, like Mike said, to uh, to turn down the signal-to-noise ratio in our lives. So Jesus, we want to learn to enter your rest. What we are seeing and what we are seeking is far beyond anything we could do anything we could come up with. So we give you our yes, again, a new and a fresh. We totally trust your your provision for us and bring us into complete rest from our own labors. That we might know you. That you in us would come to a new reality. So, when the Bible talks about times and seasons, it's kind of an interesting study. The first thing is that the Lord is God over times and seasons that he he is the one who changes times and seasons. So, Father, we thank you for your sovereignty. We ask that you would give us wisdom and revelation that we would know you that we would know your ways that we would submit to your leadership that we would love your leadership and that you would accomplish your desires in us bring us into rest. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us from your word. Uh, So in in, uh, Daniel chapter 2, we get some insight into the Lord and times and seasons, starting in verse 19. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. So, <clears throat> there's, there's a rest that, that we need to get to in the sovereignty of, of God. Uh, you know, I, I think of those who pray for revival... And, and they're doing a, a work of the Lord. But there are those who, who are called to pray for things that they will not see. And we see that in Hebrews 11. Um, and there are those who who get to see previous generations have have been praying for, and I believe that we're going to be one of those generations, that many have have wanted to see the things that are coming, and and they were not able to see, at least not on the earth. So the Lord is the one who changes times and seasons. Now there are those who who don't really think that it's possible for the people of God to know times and seasons. And if if we look carefully at what the Bible says It may not be possible for us to know all times and seasons But when we look at Some things that Jesus said We we clearly Should be able to see Some times and seasons changing. For example, uh, in Matthew chapter 16, also repeated in Luke chapter 12, Jesus has an encounter with the Pharisees and Sadducees. And in, in Matthew 16, starting in verse 1, we read, And the Pharisees and Sadducees came, and to test him, They asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. So, Jesus was being very critical of the Pharisees and Sadducees because they did not understand the time that they were in. So, we should be able to understand and discern the time that we're in. <clears throat> and like I said, that's repeated in, in Luke uh, chapter 12. And also, uh, Paul has some things to say in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 that... <clears throat> We, as the people of God, should not be surprised by changes in times and seasons, if we are awake and sober. So let's let's look at First uh, Thessalonians five, starting in verse one. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, and we 're all familiar with that statement while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman woman, and they will not escape soon then. <laughs> labor pains labor pains are coming soon I I prophesy that over you (laughs) but he goes on in verse 4 but you are not in darkness brothers for that day to surprise you like a thief For you are all children of light Children of the day We are not of the night Or of the darkness So then Let us not sleep as others do But let us keep awake And be sober So what what he's saying there Is Because we're not in darkness That day The day of the Lord that's coming should not surprise us like a thief even though he will come like a thief in the night so if if we're awake and sober we're watchful and in prayer that's, that's really what that goes to uh, then we will not be surprised it will not come upon us suddenly like a thief But then there's, there's an interesting point of, of balance <laughs> in this. Uh, and this, this is the words of, of Jesus in Acts chapter 1. Uh, we'll start in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will, will, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? there are things that we will not know. And I think the, the distinction here in uh, as we try to look at all those passages together and understand uh, what the Word is saying is that we will not always, according to Acts chapter 1, the passage we just read, we we will not always know ahead of time what's about to take place. But from the other passages in the New Testament, we certainly should know the time that we're in. We, We should be able to discern the time that we're in and and so I think that's that's kind of the point of of balance uh, I think the Lord through the gift of prophecy and prophetic speaking many times we we will know what's coming but according to the words of Jesus I don't think we will always know what is coming, and and we certainly should know and discern the time that we're in. And uh, going back to Mike's letter and and the time that that we are in, uh, you know, we we have to be thankful for where we are as as a nation right now because we we can see with with our eyes uh, what would be happening if if we had a different president right now because right now uh, in in America by a a significant portion of of our population public enemy number one is people like me people like Arnie people like Bob like Phil old white Christian men we're 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 the most hated group in in our culture by quite a few people and just just imagine uh, what could be happening, and and what may, <laughs> and 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 eventually will uh, probably happen. Uh, even in Colorado, uh, the baker who who won his case, uh, he he's being persecuted once again by the same. Colorado uh, Equality Commission uh, for the same thing and you can imagine that if we had two more Supreme Court justices uh, appointed by a different president than the ones that we have right now this this case very uh, likely? Is this going to go back to the Supreme Court? Uh, they they ruled extremely specifically in in that case. They they didn't make the ruling that people like us were hoping for, but they just ruled that specifically in his case that that commission had discriminated against him on, on the basis of religion and, and said they can't, you can't do that because of statements that were made during, during the process. Now it, Now that we have two new Supreme Court justices, if that case goes back, very likely we'll, we'll get the ruling that we had hoped for in, in the first place and, and that our religious expression will, will be protected uh, but not all countries have good news uh, like we do uh, with regard to our living out our, our Christian faith in, in China, there's there's a whole new wave of persecution uh, against Christians, against the church, uh, and it's, it's getting pretty bad over there in some of the provinces. Uh, I was reading an article just this week in World Magazine about persecution going on in Henan province, in China, and the, at the end of the article, uh, there was a prayer request from from a pastor there, and I, I think we we need to hear his prayer request because we need to seek the kind of heart that this prayer request comes from, uh, and and we need to be ready when when it comes here he says pray that the lord would prepare each church member to count the cost and cast away their worldly things pray that the lord would give us the blessing of righteous suffering and watch over our spiritual life and not take away our reward Because of cowardice or weakness. Yeah. We've had it easy here for a long time. And because we've had it so easy, we've we've let things slip by that we never should have. Uh, And and the vast majority of the things that have changed uh, <clears throat> have been imposed on us by the Supreme Court. Almost none started out legislatively. Taking prayer out of schools, taking the Bible out of schools, taking the Ten Commandments out of schools and out of courthouses—you uh, know—the list goes on and on. And on. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that day will probably come. So What I wanted to end with today is uh, seeking the rest of God in, in our lives in whatever circumstance that, that we find ourselves in. We, we know from creation that, that God worked for six days and then he rested on the, the seventh day. And he didn't rest because he was tired. <laughs> he, he rested because he had been very creative. And, and he wanted to enjoy his creation. Uh, and, and I think we, being made in the image of God, we, we are creative also. And while we cannot be creative in the same way that Sovereign God is, is creative, uh, still there there are creative things that he brings about through us and it's good for us to to rest and reflect on those things um, and you know one thing that we're learning to rest in or I, I hope we're learning to rest and I, I hope I'm learning to rest in is, is the work of God in us to, to bring us to fullness and, and maturity because uh, we, we, can, we can get in a hurry we can try to take over the process and, and try to make things happen that that aren't the Lord's work. And we can get frustrated in, in our own apparent lack of progress. Uh, and, and none of that is helpful. <laughs> uh, because it, it is He the Lord who works in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And he who began the good work will bring it to completion until the day of the Lord. So, in in Hebrews 4, we, we read about entering into God's rest and God had a a rest planned for his people Israel but they they failed to enter the rest because they wouldn't enter the promised land when they had the first opportunity and it was it was unbelief it was their lack of faith their unbelief that caused them not to go in. And it caused them not to enter rest. So they they had to work (laughs) moving around, following the cloud in in the wilderness until that whole generation passed away. Uh, So the Lord is the God of times and seasons and that generation they missed it and they they totally lost except for two (laughs) Or three if you count Moses but Joshua and Caleb they got to enter later because they had the faith they were ready to go So, placing our our faith and our hope totally in Christ is is how we enter that rest. Uh, being uh, or not being Calvinists. I think we tend to put a little bit too much emphasis on ourselves and our own choice. Because uh, how, how much does our salvation depend on us? <laughs> yes. That's how much. (laughs) That's it. So when Jesus was was on the cross and he said it was finished, it was finished. Yes, there there was. More that he did after that, taking the keys and being resurrected and exalted to the right hand of the Father. But the difficult part was was finished, and the, the part that that paid for our salvation and purchased us was, was finished. So I was listening to Terry Bennett a little bit this week, and uh, <clears throat> just going through the about an hour of, of prayer time before he began speaking, uh, it it struck me that that they were praying differently than than they were about a year ago and what struck me was it it seemed like they really had entered into that rest that that they understood that what what they wanted and where they were going in God was beyond their ability to get there. <laughs> and and they, they were beginning to rest in Christ that it was all up to him to get there. And I think that is, that's probably my my words of encouragement for us today, is, let's get there. (laughs) Uh, Let's learn to rest in what the Father has provided for us in, in Christ Jesus let's continue to ask, knock, and seek for more but let us understand that it is it's all up to Him whether we get it, when we get it how we get it Uh, we can't make it happen we can't speed up the process. We we can hinder it, but I don't think we can train wreck it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think we've got to rest in that somewhat. <laughs> So I I just want to read uh a few more passages uh, some are are pretty short but just yeah yeah in, in Mhm Yeah Mhm mm-hmm. Right. 14, starting in verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. <laughs> I could just stop there. <laughs> believe in God and believe in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to, my, to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not worry, know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. <laughs> Ah, Philip. (laughs) Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but my Father who dwells in me, does his works. believe me that I am in the Father and the father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. truly truly I say to you whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I feel like I got a little bit of insight into that last verse. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. He doesn't say, if you ask anything in my name, I will let you do it. That's what we think it says. I think the key is, if there is enough of him in us to do it, he will do it. If there isn't enough of him in us to do it, he's hindered from doing it. Is is that helpful? I I think there's some truth in it. Okay, next one is short. So many times we, we look at the second verse, but we don't remember what he's saying in verse 12. It's God who works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. But that happens as we work out our own salvation with food. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able, able, he is able, to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever. So he is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask of.
1: I saw everybody standing up in the middle and praying over one another to get a, ref- a, a new refreshed vision of who we're looking in each one of us that each one of us is special to the Lord and each one of us is his beloved. But sometimes we take each other for granted and that's not good. We need to value one another as he values us. But we need to value what he's put in us and it's, it's, a, it's a joy to him to, to do his good pleasure. There's never an end. His goodness toward us there's never an end I keep expecting it I confess and he sh- turns around and shows himself good to me again and it's such a minuscule thing and I'm blown away because it's this thing and he said I am so much bigger than what you perceive me as to be Let me work in you. Let me do it. Let me show you who I am in you. So I just ask, Father, right now that (laughs) you turn our hearts to you. Turn our minds to you. Turn our whole being to you. To receive those things that you have for us. For these days. That we can... Have this kind of glory on us. People will fear us because we're so full of You. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's 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 showing forth Your goodness in us. And I just ask that You continue to pour into us, continue to change our minds, <laughs> continue to change our minds who You really are in us, Lord. That we may become the fullness of the Godhead bodily in us, Lord. And that You would dwell. Righteously, richly, profoundly in our hearts, Father. That from this day, this is be a day of marking today. Maybe you would continue to show us that this is the time of the shift. It is the shift. Many people have been saying it, many people have been feeling it because they want to know who you really are in this day. That we would never retreat, we would never fall back, we would only advance. We would never be cowardly. We would be bold in your name, Lord. Because we know that, how much it costs when you paid for us, Lord. We you know how much it cost. Or we're ever grateful, Father, for who you are. I just ask that you keep your hands on these guys that are gonna go hunting. <coughs> that you bless them, that they um, would get the joy of actually hunting <laughs> and getting killed. <laughs> yes. We're not going, Father, I just ask you to bless us, Father, today, this next week, Lord, that you will show us new things, new things, Father, in your, in your, in your precious name. We pray all these things. Yeah.